This podcast is brought to you by SoFoodie with a PH. SoFoodie is the go-to platform that highlights the stories and showcases the talents of brothers and sisters who are innovating and creating in the world of food and beverage. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at SoFoodie, that's foodie with a PH, or sign up for their email at SoFoodieWithAPH.com. This is JJ Outlaw and Tiala, and you are listening to a new episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. I'm always on Instagram at Gourmet Goober, and I'm here always with my BFF, my I don't want to say co-host. You're, I mean, you are my co-host on the show. We're co-hosts, but not yes. in life. <laughs> Yeah, I am your co-host. <laughs> I'm your cohort. I'm your partner in crime. I'm that dirty get-down brother. <laughs> he is that dude. <laughs> That's right. You refer to me as that dude for the moment. <laughs> anyway, T-Outlaw, how are you doing today, babe? I'm about to say, I should have some theme music on my intro, but no, uh, I am T-Outlaw, and you can find me at T-Outlaw, that would be t o. U-T-L-A-W, that's right, I spell, <laughs> on Twitter and on Instagram at T-Outlaw, Josie Wells, like the movie. You know what? That would be awesome. Like, what would be your theme song if you, like, had a theme song every time you came on the podcast? Man, I like how <laughs> I, I always promote the fact that every person to get through life, if you want to feel confident about yourself, like, every time you walk in a, a room, you should have a theme song you know when you're riding in your car kind of like training day you gotta have a theme song or like an i'm gonna get you sucker yeah you always gotta have the theme music coming through <laughs> every hero should have one when you kick in the door waving <laughs> you know a spatula you gotta have a theme song but right now i cannot think think of a theme song oh i know my theme song it would be there's a song by a group called fort minor and they have this song called Remember the Name. And I first heard it on NBA on TNT during um, the playoffs. Okay. It was part of their marketing. And you guys, if you haven't heard it, please Google it. It is such a badass theme song. Like every time I want to get hyped up about something, I like play it. <laughs> it's really, really good. It has like this cello and it just kind of sets the beat and the way that the rap and everything kind of blends in. Now it's good. So that would be my theme song. Okay. I'm 
I'm very impressed. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, like, listening to her, thinking, no, I'm not as cool as I'm like, the Black Keys, the Bass Man Live. Oh, that would be a good one. I was thinking you were going to do Shaft. <laughs> no, I'm not Come Shaft on. worthy. I, I am not Shaft worthy yet. All right, anytime. Although he is looking for the jacket. I am still looking for the jacket, but not so much for me, but, you know, for your for father. my dad. Yeah. <laughs> for the Goober's father-in-law. Yeah. I'm sorry, for the Goober's father, yes. Yes, because what was it? It was like, what, a, a year ago? We were, like, watching Shaft with my dad. And my dad said, you know what? When I was young, I had a, a jacket like that. And one of us said, oh, so you look like Shaft. And my dad, you know, ever the badass, was just like, nah, I make Shaft look good. <laughs> no, his words are Shaft, you know, used to dress like me. me. <laughs> Shaft wishes he looked as good as me. Yeah. And I was like, go ahead, Daddy. <laughs> anyway, why we are totally just like flipping the script on what we're talking about. If you want to catch us on Facebook, which again, I say this every episode, I really am not a fan of Facebook. But we do have a Facebook page. You can find us under the Gourmet Cooper blog. You can catch us at thegourmetgoober.com. And you can always drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. So we are recording this from our house. Um, well, we record every episode from our house. But <laughs> we are especially like super at home, as I'm sure most of you guys are, because we are still under um, quarantine orders as a result of the COVID-19 virus. No, we're under stay at home or Lori Lightfoot will come after you. <laughs> even though we don't even live in her state or her city. Oh my God. I'm like so in love with that. Okay. Lori Lightfoot, if you guys don't know, she is the mayor of Chicago, Illinois. And Lori don't play. She has this way of like staring down at people during her press conferences talking about the COVID-19 pandemic. And she just, like, through the camera, just, like, bears into your soul, like, okay, I'm staying home. I don't even live in Chicago. I'm not going anywhere. There are these hilarious memes you can find it. What is it called? Like, Lori Lightfoot isn't here for your shit, I think is what it's called. Sounds right. Um, You can find them on Facebook and different things. But it's just, like, an image of Lori Lightfoot, like, staring at people. <laughs> Basically telling people to stay their ass at home. Yes. Very much so. And it is brilliant. And it's so funny. There's like one where there's a very famous painting. I forget the name of it, but you probably have heard of or seen it before. It's set in a park and there's people congregating. And as Lori like stared at everybody. And the next thing you see is just like grass. Because <laughs> everyone laughed. I'm trying to think. Was it the, the exact painting that sits in the Chicago yeah. uh, Museum of Art? And... I remember it from Ferris, Ferris Bueller, because that's the that one, one that Cameron stares at. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the one. Even though... Lori's not down with that, and she told everyone to go home. <laughs> yeah, because for the people who, you know, like to frequent Chicago parks, the main drive, the main running strip, the main parks, as you will, Lori was not very happy with those people, and she... and so delicate term said that she was not happy with this and she was going to shut everything down. And, and she did. She like closed down like the Chicago lakefront and everything. Shut down the bean, shut down every park, was ready to take down basketball courts if she couldn't. No, Lori is not 
Lori is, it's just, I, I really admire her because she just doesn't suffer fools gladly. <laughs> no. Meanwhile, we live in Indiana, so we don't have this Jennifer warning. It's hunker down Hoosiers is what we were told. Okay. But then where we live, there was an extra warning about, you know, we're totally going to enforce that order. And we see you outside for anything other than groceries, taking care of your pet, taking care of your, you know, medical needs. Essential travel. Essential travel. We're going to arrest you. Mm -hmm. And so I knew things were serious because the beauty supply shop is closed and the beauty supply shop never closes. Like, seriously, it's open on Christmas. It's open on Easter. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's open right. on New Year's Eve. It's like, look, we know you need to get your hair did. But now they're like, look, we can't. It was boarded up the other day. So you can't even get your, like, bootlegs now. <laughs> it's, like, all closed. I can still go to the gas station get bootlegs. I oh, just yeah, have to go through true. another. I have to go through another lender. Oh, hold on. The Gourmet Goober and Plum Media does not approve <laughs> bootlegging. As a form of obtaining entertainment, we value the Hollywood system. And because we want some of that sweet marketing cash one day, we're telling people not to take advantage of it. That said, if you do do the bootlegging thing, just know you can't go to the beauty supply shops here. <laughs> no, and the gourmet goober is very warm about that. <laughs> no, actually, I'm warm because it's going to be real in a couple of weeks when I need to redo my hair. So that's what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they do deliver it on Amazon, and I have a lot of crochet hooks, so I think I'm good. <laughs> Must start crocheting the hair, huh? Just revealing all my secrets right now. <laughs> but anyway, um, as you can tell, even in the midst of all this nuttiness, we have found a way to laugh. Um, and we hope that as you're hunkering down, and we pray, even if you're in a community that's not... Um, put out said edict because we realized that not over the country, all over the country is doing this, but it's important for us to do our part in order to help kind of stave off the spread of COVID-19. So for heaven's sakes, if there's a way that you can do this and not like throw parties or, oh my gosh, I've just seen some of the most really selfish things. Um, just know science is real. The virus is real. Um, Lori Lightfoot is real? Yes. If you live in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot is real and she will come find you. <laughs> I don't know. I make fun of you because she's kind of like, she kind of reminds me of my mother-in-law. No shade. <laughs> no, you didn't say that. She is a smaller version of my mother-in-law <laughs> just because there are moments when she stayed. Now, she's, uh, like I said, nothing but respect and love for my mother-in-law. My Mine. mother-in-law. My mother, not mother-in-law. Well, my mother-in-law was amazing, but my mother's a badass. Yes. But she, she also wants us to keep her name out of our mouth when we talk about her on the podcast. Yes. And that's not because she doesn't approve of it. It's just that she's a very private person. So. True. Very, very private. That said, yeah, I can see how you could make the um, connection between Lori Lightfoot and my mom because my mom... Even amongst our friends, my our, our friends were, like, afraid of my mother. <laughs> like, my friends from college, they all call her Mama Jackson, and they mean it. They're very, very respectful. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, 
I guess I just want to make sure as we're talking about said memes that we are careful because I won't, I guess the thing that I have been thinking about for a little bit since I started seeing these pop up is that I'm a little concerned that I don't want it to look stereotypical. Like she comes off as like the, like an angry black woman. And you know what? I, I get that. And some of them I've been really careful not to share. Although I do get a laugh out of it, but it's hard, right? Because we live in an age that unfortunately people have that stereotype and they try to push that image of someone who's a black woman and who's assertive and who um, is very demanding in a good way as far as asserting her leadership and having that being stared down as an angry black woman. And I get that because we see it not just in those memes, but like, for example, in those daily press um, briefers. briefers that we've had, um, Yamish Alcindor, if you don't know who she is, she is this incredible, just incredible journalist who works for PBS. And she has been re- asking really great questions that we all need to know during these press briefings and just the allusions to her being an angry black woman for just doing her job is really insulting. And so I get it. You're, you're totally right. So we have to be mindful, but on the other hand, no matter what we do, sometimes people are just going to have that impression. Right. And so you got to balance the fact that there are some people, even in our lives that no matter what, will just think that of us. And it's sharing the means also is a good thing because it helps us laugh because it's stressful. It's kind of like that video that we both have on her Instagram right now where a little girl is just losing her mind because she hates the house that she's in for whatever reason. She's had enough of her (laughs) days of quarantine. Yeah, if you go to her Instagram page right now, you can totally find it. It's hilarious. This little girl is like, I hate this house. And she's like tossing everything. And we're all like, yeah, she is us right now. I think she just <laughs> wants to go out and play with her little friends. I get it. Little princess, we're all that person. Mm-hmm. So I, we encourage you as you're staying in, and some of you have children. And so you're dealing with how to homeschool or you're dealing with. Having your- to deal with the children that you are at home having to homeschool. <laughs> yes. Or, you know. You know, roommates that are just probably seen more than they bargained of each other. Um, you know, partners, because it's hard when you're around each other like 24 hours a day, seven days a week sometimes. Um, this was our first full week of working from home. and Your first week of working well, from home? working from home together with both of us here. Okay. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm in week three, I believe, or the beginning of week three. Yeah, and... I, j- I just saw on TV that the president is now extending guidelines to the 30th, which I'm so grateful about because it sounded like he wanted to like open things up on Easter. And I'm like, dude, for the love of God, just listen to a scientist. Clearly that's not happening. And I have loved ones that work in the medical profession, as I'm sure many of you do as well. And so what you're hearing from your loved ones probably way counter that. And I don't want to make this to be like an all COVID-19 or coronavirus show. I'm not going to share my thoughts about the, the briefings and 
I'm not going to do that. What I am going to say is this is a good time for you to take care of yourself. Um, be good to yourself. Hopefully you have the resources that you need. Um, to those who are out there um, who have who work in the restaurant industry, just to let you know, we're wrapping up the show a little differently than we do every week. And you'll hear a little bit later where we've decided to turn the best thing we ate this week into um, ways that you can support the restaurant industry and ways that you can support those who are first line, um, you know, those like first line of defense. Yes. First line of defense and making sure that they stay fed as well. Because, mm-hmm. again, being good citizens is not only taking care of yourself and not going out golfing. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but also doing what you can to not only support businesses that we love so that the restaurant industry will be there when we come back. Because there's a lot of people that work in those and we want to keep their jobs. But then also just say thank you to those nurses, those who work in nursing homes. People always forget those people. Um, who really do their part in order to take care of others during this scary time. So basically what the goober was alluding to is first and foremost, let's give thanks first right off the top to the healthcare workers. Oh yeah. To the nurses, the doctors, the janitors, the CNAs, they never get credit. Yes. Also those who work in delivery. Those who are delivering your food, delivering your packages, those who are the drivers who right now are risking their own lives to get you from interstate to interstate, from airplane to the guys who are just getting it off the trucks. Oh, yeah. Truck drivers, especially. I mean, think about all the stuff that they deliver because people are crazy because they're like taking all the toilet paper. (laughs) Yes. These guys are actually delivering it to you, so be nice to them. Yes. Um, also, the teachers who, even though you think right now would be sitting at home, just trying to get their, you know, their rest after dealing with your kids every day, that are still having to think in their heads that school will come back and have to formulate their plans, and also are still receiving phone calls from people. Asking about, since my kid is sitting at home, what can I do to help them? And all they can say is, well, you can try this, this, and this if these kids remember. But at the same time, are still working. And also, just on a personal note, even though I'm not a big, you know, vocalist on, you know, those who serve and protect us, like, you know, uh, the um, firemen and police officers. They are truly on the first lines of defense because there are still fires and there are very still, very much still um, crimes that are still going on. These are the people who have to protect the toilet paper that are uh, <laughs> sitting in your places or that to be able to get the toilet paper to your spots. If I could add on that, there's sure. another thing that I want people to be mindful of as well is there are a lot of nonprofits that are really hurting as a result of this. And I know that people don't really think of that as first to mind when they think of other organizations that are hurt. Um, so for example, I think I've 
even though I've not identified the organization and I choose to do that out of respect of my day job, um, cause I want to keep my day job and this side hustle separate. That said, I have spoken openly about the work I do in part helps support those who are escaping issues of violence, either in their personal relationships, either in their homes with their caretakers and what a lot of people fail to remember is when you hear these orders to stay in shelter and stay in place, what they don't talk about is that is not always the safest choice for everybody. So for example, if you're in a domestic violence situation, staying in place means sometimes staying with your abuser. Mm -hmm. This is someone who can physically harm you. This is someone that can physically or other forms of harm as well. Keep in mind, there are other forms of abuse besides just abuse. So um, physical abuse, rather. So there's economic abuse. So your abuser could prevent you, especially during this time where getting access to like resources is so hard, could monetarily withhold funds that are needed to take care of your children and yourself. Mm -hmm. They can emotionally abuse you. I mean, there's a wealth of ways that are out there. So I want to remind everybody that during this time, being a good citizen also means listening out for those that may be in these vulnerable situations, because shelter in place could be a life or death situation for them. Um, even through these difficult times, the great thing is there are a lot of resources that are available. There's domestic violence hotlines that I know that are still operating, even though many of these nonprofits are to reduce staffing, um, mine included. Um, in fact, in many major cities, the really awesome thing is, and I, I can't speak for every city, but I know in the city of Chicago, for example, people don't realize this because domestic violence is really prevalent. Like one in four women and one in seven men have experienced at least one instance of domestic violence at least once in their life. And in the city of Chicago, a city that has millions of people, there's only 150 beds total for those who are escaping incidents of domestic violence. So what the city of Chicago is doing is a lot of these hotels that are vacant, they're turning those into places that these people can go to not only lower the amount of incidents of homelessness, um, because many people who are homeless or domestic violence and other abuse survivors. But by doing this, it kind of gives them a means of helping the control the spread of the virus amongst those populations. So it's, it's definitely a win-win. So I do want to remind people of that as well. And there are lots of resources that are out there, but just be mindful of that because that's something that's not really talked about. Um, Outside of that, though, I know, and I know this is a time that we normally speak individually about our weeks, but since her weeks has been together, <laughs> I know that um, this is, this segment's gone a little differently than others in the past. There have been some bright spots, though. There have been bright spots. Yes, there have been a lot of good binge watching of good stuff. I introduced Big Daddy to The Regular Show, which is one of my personal faves. And my favorite episode of all time with the little baby ducks. <laughs> yes. 
Um, we saw. We finally got to watch all of Dolomite. Is our name? Is my name? Yeah, very good movie. Which I gotta say, Eddie was like robbed of like an Oscar nomination on that. He was so good, and you guys, if you've not seen it, definitely watch it. Not for the kids, though. No, <laughs> definitely not for the kids. There were some naked moments, and we we're just like, "Oh, was that his butt?" <laughs> Yeah, the character in which <laughs> Eddie Murphy portrayed was a, he was an up and coming dude, you know, who was an MC comedian, as you will, and kind of made a stage act and a persona that was very outlandish, very bombastic, hilarious dude. But uh, yeah, he was not, uh, he was not on the Bill Cosby stream of, no. you know, of talking cute. <laughs> No, definitely not Kitty. See. <laughs> no. Um, we watched this really great documentary on Shudder on um black people in horror called um Horror Noir, which I would recommend everyone um watch because it was a lot of fun. Um and I grew up loving horror and it's kind of like a weird thing because when you grow up and you love horror, and you're a certain populations, you don't either get to see yourself rec- represented, or if you're there on the screen, you're there for like five minutes because they kill you. Mm. <laughs> or as my dad likes to put it, we weren't in the horror movie, but we kind of were because we were the stand-in for some of the creatures that were in there, the other. Um. So yeah, it was a great documentary. It's on Shudder, which by the way, if you don't have Shudder, they have like a 30-day free trial. So now it's the time to try it. That's what we're doing. Um, gosh, what else did we do? We watched a lot of... What was it? Watched Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> Everybody's press briefing. Yes. Uh, for the most part, we tried to catch up on things that were on our DVR. Yes. But just we just tried to stay humble and stay together. Oh, yeah. Oh, and... <clears throat> We did the DJ D-Nice dance party last night. So if you guys haven't heard, there is a DJ, um, D-Nice. He is on Instagram Live, and he does these awesome, like, like rave-style dance parties, like old-school type of DJing. Mm-hmm. And it's literally him in front of his camera and, like, a bottle of wine, and he has his DJ set up. And it's awesome. He was playing some old-school grooves last yesterday. We were like all in our feelings. I, I know I was when he popped Just One Thing by Amari because that's a bop forever. <laughs> so definitely recommend you guys if you're on the Instagrams checking that out. Um, But yeah, this was really kind of an interesting week. Interesting week, interesting month. Uh, like I said, this just everything is a little left of normal. But right now we're doing our best to stay together, to stay home as much as we can, and to stay centered because all you can do is do that and hope and pray that eventually we will get past our tribulations and issues. Yeah. That's all we got. So, um, 
Anything else we didn't talk about about our week? I know there was a frustrating thing that we learned about delivery deserts in the midst of all of this. Yes. Which is so frustrating. So one of the things that we tried to do, because again, we started off as a food blog, right? And we wanted, oh, I'm sorry. I feel a sneeze coming on. I hope I don't sneeze. Um, we wanted I'm to masked up. <laughs> we wanted to support a lot of businesses as we can. And it was frustrating because where we live when without giving away where we live, mm-hmm. um, what we found was there were certain sections of the area in which we live that historically don't get delivery because of, you know, past difficulties the community has had. We live um, in a little urban city. Yeah. So and, right. Go ahead. No. <laughs> Sorry. This is, yeah, we just live in a little urban city, a little urban oasis. But it's, I mean, it's not as large as uh, all the cities that could be, you know, urban deserts too. But you would think that we would have access to a lot of of restaurants, stores, and most importantly, like delivery services. But as with everything, no, no, didn't get down like that. We are not we are not accessible as you will, even though we are accessible. Yeah, and that was sort of a surprise for me because, well, not really because you grew up here. We live in the space that you grew up in, right? Yes. And I know that when we first met in college years ago, I was really surprised because I grew up in the suburb in Indianapolis, and so I'm used to having stuff delivered to me. And, like, pizza and, like, Chinese food and stuff. You have a house. They deliver to you. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. It just never occurred to me and my little blissful suburban existence that that doesn't happen to everybody. And I know that when we met years ago, you were surprised that we ordered pizza to have it delivered to the dorm. You didn't know that that was the thing. Yeah, very much so. I grew up under the impression that everything if you go to the store you go and you go to the store you shop where you pick it up and you leave if you the concept of delivery is foreign to me if there's a restaurant and they have food you go and you pick up food or you dine in but the concept of someone delivering it to you is absolutely foreign to me i know nothing but other than you have to go get it yeah and so even with the advent of grubhub and some other delivery services it kind of lulls you in the idea like oh well this is something they do i like i I bring this up because one time during the week it was an uber's eats um order that we placed and it literally was the next town over. And I think what they saw our zip code, they just canceled our order and didn't even tell us. So it was maybe about 10 minutes before it was supposed to arrive. And I'm like, oh, let me check and see where they were. No email, no alert like we canceled it. It's just nothing. And I was just like, okay, that is really stupid. Because one, dude. If, if you're worried about we robbing you, why would I pay money <laughs> to have a delivery? Because you pay ahead of time, right? You mm-hmm. give them all your information beforehand. So I'm going to pay money for me to rob you? I mean, that doesn't even make sense. One. 
Two, how awful is that, that you could at least say, hey, because they're the ones that like offered this restaurant up to us. And we're just like, oh, great. This is a restaurant we're not familiar with. We can support them. We can talk about it on the podcast and the best thing we eat this week because, you know, it's important to us. And all of that was just done. So we don't know if it was Uber Eats that canceled it. We don't know if it's the restaurant that canceled it. All the above. It could have been both, but I'm just like, that's disappointing. And even like our favorite cupcake place in the entire world, they announced that they started delivering because a lot of these restaurants that are formally dine-in, they have to do that in order to keep their business going. And in this particular restaurant's case, it's they deliver 15 miles out. And I'm like, great, we are 15 miles out from one of their locations and 12 miles out from another location. One of them should deliver to us. No. No. In fact, the delivery company that they work with doesn't even focus on the area. They focus on every other location, oddly enough, except for two areas in the region. Um, and I think it's us in East Chicago. And I'm just like, hmm, that's very, kind of interesting. Exactly. Really interesting. Yes. <laughs> so it's disappointing because one, on one hand, I understand a lot of this has to do with historic backgrounds of communities being a little less safe than others, but without looking at the total picture of why that is, right? No. So it could no, be like... Yeah. We could play the game, but let's... I'm, I'm pulling the band-aid off right now. Okay. I mean, we can play nice, but I grew up here, so I know it. So thus, as I've spoken before... Let's quit playing around. I mean, is it because I am who I am? Possibly. Is it because this is just not, you know, your money place? Possibly. But no, let's quit messing around. They just don't want to deliver here. And if you want to give up the money and hand it to them, shouldn't they want to accept it? That's yeah. what I was thinking. Right. But the thing is, since they, they think that they can suffice without having, you know, taken our money, then it lends me to think that maybe we shouldn't be giving some of these companies our money. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I would like to go to, you know, certain bakeries, certain stores, uh, frequent certain delivery services. But at the same time, if they don't want to give to us, why should we give to them? And, you know, it's not just us. I imagine that there's certain places. And we're gentrified. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not go there. (laughs) We found out just how gentrified we were the other day. And it's a little unnerving. Yes. That and the fact that there are people that travel from a different city to come to our community to raid our grocery stores. Oh, Lord. Dude, what is that? (laughs) So anyway, yeah, that's a thing. And so it's sort of a bummer, and it made me think that there's a lot of communities besides just us that probably has that same problem. Um, so we are very grateful for resources and things that we do have because, you know, just going outside in order to get something, yeah, I could drive to the bakery, but then I was just like, do I really want to risk the Rona for some cupcakes? Although, to be fair, Big Daddy was pushing that on Saturday. 
I was ready. I had he my, was yeah. like, look, we got our wipes, we got our gloves. Let's do this. Yeah, I was like, I have I have a way of getting clearance to go somewhere. <laughs> I can make an like essential travel if I want to. But the goober got all in her feelings and you know that thoughts that, you know, this is not necessary travel. You can't throw that out in the ether and then say no. <laughs> It's not essential travel. Oh, I will make it essential if I need to. He was so bad. I was like taking a nap and I woke up and he was looking at me like cupcakes. That's right. She put out there. I did I not think like, this. You were crazy. All right, this time for me to <laughs> it's time for me to defend myself. <laughs> I was not thinking that morning about said cupcakes or donuts as you will. Because you know, it may or may not be healthy for me. But I'm going about my day. I'm like doing this and that. I'm guess a little stir crazy. And then she introduces the concept of this and then pulls it back. She does this a lot. <laughs> and like, I oh, can yeah, talk about should. it without putting some. No, you, I, oh, yeah, I could think about it and say, oh, yeah, this might be cool. And then sometimes I can follow my instinct, but. I could also, yes, it could come up and then it can go away. Sometimes she'll introduce this to me and then say, nah, nah, it's probably not worth it. No, you can't introduce <laughs> things like this in my mind and not like think, can we get away with this? No, I, she introduced it. I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I like it. And okay. then. Okay. In my defense, there were two things that I was thinking about. One. The, I'm trying to save us the embarrassment if one of us did get the Rona and having to talk about that to my parents or your family. So what happened? You know, was it like, you know, an infection? Did you guys get caught somewhere? No, we we just went for cupcakes. They don't even know that. <laughs> and two, and two, like I said earlier, our community put out, like the mayor of our community put out this warning that said, if you are out for non-essential things, we will enforce with law enforcement. And I'm just like, getting arrested for cupcakes is not my idea of a good time. Although, going back to what I mentioned briefly before. I'm not worried about my mayor and I'm not worried about the police because, yes, I believe in, you know, as we have stated, staying at home and keeping it safe. But. I'm not worried about my homie, and I'm not worried about the, the popo. <laughs> I'm you're good. You're just saying because your press pass will make you essential, but you're not going to work. You're going to get cupcakes. <laughs> Maybe my work is just past <laughs> the cupcakes. They don't know that. Although, can I just mention for a moment? I will wear a Mandalorian mask to go get it. <laughs> I'll wear a Jason mask. That would be hilarious. Not that it will so it, many levels. Yeah. I will wear a mask over the top of the Jason mask. mask. Yes. <laughs> Just to make sure I'm safe. But yeah, I can make it essential if I need to. Can we talk about how crazy it is that we get that warning? But right now in our state, it's okay to like congregate at like golf. Um, She's still warm about Golf this. courses. No, no. And no. bowling alleys. And bowling alleys. Because our governor said that that was okay. I'm not even sure how that defies or goes along with the CDC guidelines or 10 people plus. But apparently, 
you know what? Let's not go there. I'm going to. Because that's where the money is. I'm going to table that because, I'm one, I'm a little upset that our community was the only one that they made that threat of, like, police arresting. Because that's ridiculous. But two, dude, just just don't do that, okay? <laughs> just don't. Really, you can skip the golf course. Seriously. Your your life would be much better for it. No, I'm not going to the golf course. <laughs> I'm going to get cupcakes. <laughs> I believe that. That's still. right. So I'm social distancing on the on the path to get my cupcakes. <laughs> I'm not trying to swing a golf club, even though I have one in the trunk, just in case the police stop me. Oh, oh, that was going to be his alibi too. If we get pulled over, he's like, "Wait, wait, wait!" And pull out the golf club. See, we were going golfing. That would have been okay. That would be essential. That would be a nice trick because <laughs> I have one club in the trunk. Well, they don't need to see all of them. They could just see one. Yeah, they're going to like think, oh, yeah, you're going to the golf course with a putter. Although I don't know anything about golf. So my only reference is like, who's who's the caddy? That really bad movie with the fat boys back in the day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and maybe Caddyshack. I do, I do know that. I've seen that a lot. Mm. So, Tin Cup? No, I actually never seen Tin Cup. Mm. Although I know of it because it was on a Bob's Burgers episode. Okay, so basically we can break it down to if I need to explain <laughs> anything to the gourmet goober, I will either do it under the concept of explaining it like basketball or Bob's Burgers. Yes. Or Steven Universe. And yes. we're set. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So, as you can tell, listeners, dear listeners, our sense of humor has not waned because of the COVID virus. So, as much as they try. Yeah. So, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about a few pop culture things that still we found in the midst of this COVID um, nightmare that we're all part of. And then we'll wrap things up about talking a little bit about how you can support your favorite restaurant and first providers um, of service during this crisis. So um, remember the laugh, wash your hands, and we will be right back. You're listening to The Gourmet Goober. Hey, Gooberland, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as The Gourmet Goober. Do you consider yourself gumber-worthy? Maybe you're a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet. Well, if so, tell the world what your very own goober gear. From aprons and mugs to t-shirts and hoodies, it's the perfect way to support our show while telling the world that you're part of Gooberland. So just head over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own goober gear now. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. Hi. I'm the outlaw again. <laughs> and we are back with our pop culture segment that we call What's Eating Us. That's when we share some news um, about the intersection of food and pop culture that got our eye this week. Um, as we talked about before the break, everything is the coronavirus. So we kind of struggled because we wanted to talk about things that didn't have to do with the coronavirus. And believe it or not, of our three segments... Um, or three items in this segment, two of the three has nothing to do with the coronavirus. So I'm impressed. Yes. But yeah, it did. <laughs> it took some digging. It took some digging. And some luck. 
Well, one thing that we do want to call attention to um, as we're getting started is as many of us are working from home now and many of us are actually um, ordering more stuff from Amazon, from Instacart, from um, maybe curbside shopping at your favorite grocery store if you can't have your delivery done. They are a lot of people that work in the food industry that are basically or related food and other product industries, shall we say, um, that are pretty much at the front line of making sure that our conveniences are met so that we can social distance and flatten the curve, as they say. But as you can imagine, in many of these look, um, many of these locations and positions, the environments are less than ideal. And so as a result, there has Mm. been within the past week or so, or actually even within the past couple of days, how there has been um, some strikes that are announced for um, organizations that have been affected by the coronavirus. So, for example, Instacart actually just announced a strike um, recently, just calling attention to the fact that... um, in that particular work environment. And if you're not familiar with Instacart, because it's not around the country, it may go by different names. There are other organizations rather than does the same thing. Like Mercado is one that works with small independent grocery stores and um, Shipped is another one. And I admit at one point I even did ship for a short time, (laughs) which was actually pretty fun because I love grocery shopping, but for many reasons, it was probably not the best ideal for me. Really? Um, I really enjoyed it. Just as a side note, I did. But I had some very strange responses. Or... Well, no. My responses to stuff, <laughs> I discovered that I became quite judgmental the orders that came in. <laughs> you were judging their items? I told you about that. Like, <laughs> I would shop for people. And let's—I don't want to go into detail. I don't want to go too far off our story. Well, there are live calls for potato salad. Oddly enough, yes. <laughs> or ingredients to make potato salad. Oddly enough, yes. And look, I'm not going to go there. Although I just found myself like, like for example, there's a lot of people who made requests for like Tony's pizza, okay. which is like the worst. And they would be out of it, right? And I would recommend, you know, I personally got this piece of line. It's really, really good. No, 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 no. They just want, like, the most basic food, <laughs> and it's a foodie. <laughs> I found myself like, oh, okay, that's what you're feeding your family. Okay, good stuff. So they were cool with just basic pizza out the box. <laughs> I found myself really looking and judging their choices. Like, oh, my gosh, you were having... Like, okay, the mac and cheese, and we talked about this before, right? <laughs> about how the mac and cheese and, like, the blue box, the basic stuff with the powder. Are we talking about the craft mac and cheese? Yes. Okay. I was trying not to name the brand, only because, one, the basic stuff with the blue powder is actually very popular in a lot of places in the country, like, we have a lot of listeners in Canada, and it's a thing in Canada. That's so, a Canadian's problem. Go ahead and blame Canada. <laughs> I'm not blaming Canada. I'm just saying that 
mm, there are better mac and cheese out there. And so after getting... Are you a mac and cheese snob? Yes, I am. And we've talked about this last week. Okay. <laughs> if you could see her face right now, she's very conflicted. I'm trying to stay... Look. Okay. Let's go back to the story. But no. Okay. The ship shop was not for me because you were going to these really fancy like places that I would drop off. I mean, fancy for where we live. And I'm just like, and you ordered that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe that's how you save money. I don't. Okay. So back to the story. <laughs> hand. I can see you're, you're definitely in your feelings. The mac and cheese orders were traumatic. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, taking all the jokes out of it, we want to respect, and I wanted to call attention to this because we really don't give a lot of thought as to the conditions that a lot of the people are working in who place our orders. And, you know, for many of these people um, that are striking now, it's not always easy for them. So that grocery stores have heightened risk for COVID-19, because think about it. There's items they're pulling off the shelves, they're interacting with other shoppers in many cases. Although, to be fair, when you work for a company like Shift or Instacart, what happens is they give you like a preloaded special card that you use to pay. Okay. But in many cases, you'll still have to go to like a place in order to put your card in if you do self-serve or things like that because you have so much time in order to collect the order and then deliver it that you're still very much exposed to the coronavirus. And in the case of Amazon, there have been cases where there has been people who have test positive for the coronavirus in their particular um, warehouse, so okay. to speak. And hmm. They're not shutting down these warehouses. They're not doing proper precautions in many cases because of the way that warehouse works actually happens where you can actually be in a small space and you're filling orders and boxes to ship and they're not practicing proper social distancing practices. Okay. Um, shopping personal. Okay. I realize I just said practice twice there. <laughs> No, it's but, okay. We get the point. But yeah, but the whole point is that, you know, it's been a pretty frenzy month of shopping and staying at home and people trying to fill their their needs while staying um, away from large crowds. And unfortunately, it's putting a lot of people at risk. Which is very scary. Yes. So for people... Um, the Instacart and the Amazon strike happened first. Um, that happened on this past Monday. An organizer for the protests against Amazon um, basically wanted to call attention to the fact that COVID-19 is a real threat to the safety of our workforce and our customers, and we can't wait for our institutions, politicians, only management um, to step in and protect us, which is quite, um, which is, Quite true, and especially Amazon, because they got a lot of slack on not only how they treat their workers, but a lot of people forget that Amazon holds, owns Whole Foods now as well. 
Oh, that's right. Yes. And Whole Foods is actually going on strike on this upcoming Tuesday. Where are people going to go blow their whole paycheck? <laughs> well, there are many places that you can go. Um, but I, I think that it's it's a good thing and to kind of talk about it. In fact, they are going to be doing a what they call a global sick out on March 31st. Like a blue flu? Mm-hmm. So okay. all across the country... Um, staff members at Whole Foods are going to be calling sick to call attention to the fact that they um, want more protections in the case of, you know, workers are looking for just the basics. They say they don't have cleaning supplies, disinfecting wipes, hand sanitizers, gloves, or things like that. And then also, in the case of Whole Foods, it's actually really bizarre because we all know that Whole Foods and Amazon is owned by Jeff Bezos, which is one of the wealthiest people in out the there. world. Yes. Um, in the world. Yeah. And he actually was asking shoppers to, to donate, to donate, to help pay for his employees sick time. If they happen to get sick from the coronavirus. Yes. Or in the case of the employees, he was asking for the employees to donate their paid time off. To their co-workers in order to cover that if they get sick instead of i don't know what like texas roadhouse and other places are doing which is you know what it's there my employees are that important to me i'm gonna sacrifice maybe take a little bit less and cover their cover cover them because you know it's kind of hard for us to donate that when millions of people are out of work right now so why not step in when you can so are we in this moment, like trying to dog Jeff Bezos? Um, no, because audiobooks is a sponsor. <laughs> I realize that, and I'm actually at this moment, I'm not specifically <laughs> defending Jeff Bezos, but no, for a man is- who's coming off like a very rough divorce and uh, some was it hacking issues. With people getting his information. I'm of the opinion that, I mean, I want to make sure that these people who are doing a tremendous job, almost not nearly to the fact of, you know, the healthcare workers and other people, but they are definitely on the front lines too. And I'm very much resonant in knowing that, yes, these people are getting their wants and needs. And yeah, pay them and, you know, make sure that they have PPEs and other things to protect them. At the same time, yeah, you know, Jeff Bezos needs, you know, he's got to protect the money because his, you know, his, his wife is, ooh, she got that cash. Well, okay. I'm not going to get into the personal, um, side of things, but he did kind of create that himself. No one told him to cheat. Yeah, but he didn't I'm, see this coming. Uh, no, no one told him to cheat. So, and it's not like she took the cash from him. She helped him build Amazon. Oh, that's great and all. But Jeff got <laughs> half his money right now. Look, Jeff so, yeah. decided to go the umfufu um, route, okay? That was like <laughs> Yes, we know Jeff did some things. And this is not purely <laughs> about Jeff Bezos and what he's asking his employees to do. But yes. It would be really, for as much as Amazon and their public image 
has gone up and down and the necessity of them and other companies associated with this are to us right now, it would really help if I'm not jumping on like, you know, union issues, but yeah, pay the people, help them out. Well, okay. All jokes aside, first of all, to go back to what you said, yes, Audible is a sponsor of the show and we are very proud of Audible being a sponsor of the show. That said, when I said that earlier, I was only kidding. <laughs> Let me just say that because obviously at the end of the day, the content is ours. And I don't want to necessarily say a sponsor would ever affect our decision to say things on the show because otherwise we're bought and paid for. And that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Um, we're so, sorry, Audible. <laughs> so that being said, um, my criticism of this situation is twofold. One, yes, Mr. Bezos has enough money to pay for the employees. But even more importantly, even beyond the monetary thing, having safe conditions for the workers are important for us too. Because keep in mind, and the Instacart of Strike is about the same thing. They want to make sure they're working and doing all of these things for our comfort. They want to stay safe on the job, but in doing so, that helps keep us safe. So if they, even if they contracted the Rona and their job, but they're asymptomatic, they could buy, um, you know, shopping and then passing on the materials up to us. You know, the coronavirus stays live on, you know, cardboard and hard surfaces for 24 hours, right? Yeah, so keeping funny. them safe helps keep us safe and helps stop the spread of the actual virus itself. So it's twofold. I mean, on one hand, in many cases, like it is at Whole Foods and Amazon's, they're asking for things. Yes, they want safer um, conditions. And then for people who actually contract it, they want to have assurances that they have paid time off and things like that um, so that they can you know, convalesce and get better without having to worry about whether or not they'll have a job at the end of it. Okay. And, and to be fair, there are a lot of companies that are wrestling with that. We happen to be very fortunate that we work for organizations that in and of itself um, care for us as opposed to a lot of businesses that unfortunately will not come back from what, is going on right now with non-essential businesses closing. Um, and that's just the reality of it. So I get it on their end. And I certainly hope that their words and what's going on is doesn't go unheeded because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, we want everyone to be safe. They have families that they're feeding. They have loved ones. In the case of Instacart, they're doing this. They're picking out groceries to help feed us as well. So, you know, I, I just wanted to take a moment to show solidarity for them. Um, even though, and this is not even an issue later on, because I had a, a bad experience with Instacart recently, and I don't want to go into details. I think it was kind of like a comedy of errors that I just walked into. Um, that being the case, I know that I've benefited from them. Um, I've worked on the other side of what they've done as well. I can't even imagine doing something like shipped right now 
with the increased orders and things like that, knowing that I'm putting myself at risk and other people as well and people that I love by fulfilling those orders. So I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who do that. Is this um, about the one banana? <laughs> the one banana is one of many things that went wrong with that order. I'm still confused about how we want it with one banana or the fact that I left with half the order. We won't go into that because I don't want to. Yeah, make you don't want to go down that slippery slope. Okay. No, um, but um, hats off for them for making that because it's kind of like a really bold thing to do if you think about it. Okay. Because in many respects, there's no guarantee by making those changes that, you know, they'll even have a job at the end of what happened. So again, hats off to, you know, the people at Amazon and Instacart and Whole Foods. Thank you for calling attention to this much needed thing and certainly hope that as, you know, hopefully the media and everyone covers it, that they, you know, rightfully, you know, call attention to the risk to the families for people who are making our lives more comfortable. Um, before wrapping up, just as a reminder, I wanted to tell everyone um, be a little kinder. Make sure that you tip well, especially those people who come out for Instacart. Um, because, Don't be that person. Yeah, because they're doing it for a benefit. And without them, they're a very vital part of the front line of protecting us. And much respect to them because it's a kind of a scary time for them to do that job too. And, and I get it. You know, it's having... My one of my first jobs when I was working my way through school was working in a warehouse, and I know those conditions, mm -hmm. and I can only imagine on the scale of shipping and things they do for Amazon how um, hard it is right now for them to stay safe and healthy. So I hope they're um, calling attention to that will give them the means necessary in order to get some meaningful changes. Fair enough. Outside of that. Um, couple other things came up this week that we thought was kind of interesting to share. One was actually something that happened on Twitter just a couple of days ago. And it was a conversation that was sparked by Houston Astros player, Justin Verlander. And apparently there was a family argument that he actually took to social media and got a lot of answers. And he tweeted on the 28th of March, Okay, family argument that needs settling. Which is your favorite flavor of Pop-Tarts? Now, he only gave two choices, s'mores or chocolate fudge. Side note, obviously s'mores is a better one of the two. Okay. <laughs> Just saying in case there's any type of confusion, I'm, I'm here to tell you it's the s'mores. <laughs> but there was a lot of responses that were really hilarious. People who took offense at the idea that any answer other than strawberry milkshake is clearly the wrong one. Um, so Dana O'Brien, in my opinion, almost got it right. She said strawberry frosted. So Dad, I love you. You're an amazing journalist, but clearly the answer is unfrosted strawberry. Unfrosted Jesse, strawberry. Unfrosted strawberry. The okay. unfrosted strawberry is the best one. But, um, 
people, there was a very righteous argument um, led by Michael Schwab where cinnamon sugar is the best one versus brown sugar. Um, I know you don't have any thoughts on this because... Oh, I have thoughts, but I don't know if it's so much about the inanimate flavor of Pop-Tarts. I'm just saying, well... <laughs> okay, so what the goober will not be telling you, I guess I have to come clean. Up until, what, two years ago? Yes. I went through... 40-something years of life without ever eating a Pop-Tart. Which I don't understand. How is that even possible? We grew up in the 80s, man. Yes. <laughs> My parents did not want... They didn't give me Pop-Tarts. <laughs> okay. Just picture this. What was it? 2017-2018? What are you, Sophia from Golden Girls? <laughs> picture this. Chicagoland, 2018. <laughs> a wife just happens to have a conversation with her husband about Pop-Tarts. And then, out of the blue, he says, well, I wouldn't know. I've never had one. And it was just like, I clutched my chest. I literally did. I was like, like how, all my bars and stars. how do you live on this earth? <laughs> how do you call yourself a Gen Xer? If you've never had a Pop-Tart, I was shocked. I was literally shocked. I was like, I thought I knew you. <laughs> you were just for, just for Clemson, doesn't it? And then, no, 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 no. And then, didn't I, like, march you to the store and we bought some Pop-Tarts? And mm. I made him try it. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty decent. <laughs> so, yes, in now for you. <laughs> My mid forties. <laughs> I have had a total of two, two pop tarts. <laughs> so I am on the pop tart. My <laughs> pop tart cherry is well. We're just gonna say yes. I have had a pop tart. It was good. I've only had two total, but okay. First of all, I don't understand why you chess only had two. How many come in the box? More than two. <laughs> okay, I only needed two. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. Eight come in the box. Eight come in the box, okay. Yes. I only needed two. That was good. I, I, I just... Were you not impressed with the Pop-Tart? I know I tried... Okay. I know that I personally have to stop myself from buying a lot of Pop-Tarts. Although, when I used to commute... Back in the day when I commuted into the city. Mm -hmm. It seems so long ago, even though it was two weeks ago. <laughs> Sometimes I would buy some Pop-Tarts and, like, take one in my, you know, backpack. Because it's just easy to kind of, like, eat it on the go or if I'm driving or things like that. I'm one of those people that I can eat a Pop-Tart unheated because they're just that good. Okay. Um. I, I just can't imagine going through life not having a pop tart, especially since I know for a fact your sister has had pop tarts before. Yeah, she grew up eating pop tarts. I did not. It it just what never crossed your mind. I'm just 
I'm still baffled as to how this happens in life. I went to a small college. I went to the same small Midwestern college. And that's what confuses me. They have Pop-Tarts in the dorm. Um, on the, the residence hall, like, cafeteria. Yes. You and I have had the, that food together. We have eaten food together. Yes. So when you saw me eat Pop-Tarts, then did you not, were you, like, confused what it was? No. You just didn't try it? No. <laughs> just never had it once. Okay. <laughs> once, like, like Jerry Seinfeld, I was a, a, a cereal guy. I, I like, I a lot of my life I ate cereal when I got up and as a person who grew up with like a good mother and father, I had a toaster oven and I would have toast and yeah, I, I admit I would either put, I don't know, peanut butter or garlic, but my dad would put cheese on his toast, but that was it. I never had one for a Pop-Tart. Okay. First of all. My Are you family- clutching your chest? Yes, because my family also had toast. <laughs> Good for you. Toast is not the same as Pop-Tarts. Okay. So you can have both, and my family were really great parents as well. They just, sometimes they knew that we wanted a Pop-Tart. It was easy. You threw it in the toaster. You had to watch it, though, when you prepare it, because do it in a certain way, if you cook it too long... You have that thermonuclear filling in the middle that burns your tongue because you're too excited about the Pop-Tart in order to wait for it to cool for a second. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's a science in, to preparing a Pop-Tart in the toaster. Okay. And maybe that's part of it because you didn't actually grow up with a toaster, which struck me as odd because I just never knew that people didn't have toasters. Again, one of those strange, when we got married, like, I never thought to ask you that. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't need a toaster, like, you know, pop up. No, we had a toaster oven. You know, you plan it in the oven. We actually had a toaster oven, a regular oven in the toaster. We had all three. Okay, good for you. We just didn't need <laughs> You figure, okay, the thing says toast. You put cheese or garlic or a little sprinkle of cinnamon on it. Toast. That's anyway, going back to the Pop-Tart, do you feel like you've missed out on anything? Like, for a long time, I had to look at you differently, because I was like, what other staples of childhood have you not had? A whole lot of things. Like, never have, I mean, you had Tang, though, right? You, you did Yes, I tang. did have Tang. Okay. That would just been weird. If- <laughs> I went through summers as a child. They wouldn't let me have, like, Kool-Aid, because we would kill the, we would run through Kool-Aid and the sugar and everything else. But yes, we had Tang as a you know, a change up. So yes, Tang was one. I'm sure we we had to drink water and um I know we had nihilators. Well everyone had nihilators. I'm but sure wait, wait, wait. now or laters, not nihilators. No, nihilators. <laughs> I couldn't think of I mean I know that's how we all pronounce them nihilators. It's kinda of like Sherbert. There's mm-hmm. no R in it, but Every Midwesterner puts the R in, so it's Sherbert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now or laters, now laters, as we'd like to say, are the little square candy that is like, what was it? Like Starburst burst, but way better. <laughs> yes. Except for the pink Starburst. Those are awesome. Just things <laughs> to stick to your teeth, but yes. Yes. Now <laughs> laters. 
But yes, back to the conversation at hand. Yes, I steering is back to it. I, in my expert opinion, pop tarts, chocolate. That's it. That's all I need. That was the only two I had. I'm good. And it's so cute because my husband, when I first told him the story, he was just like, "So, is there like a chocolate pop tart?" And I'm laughing because there's like a million chocolate pop tarts. There's chocolate fudge, there's s'mores, there's Oreo, like the limited edition. So yeah, there's like lots of chocolate. There you go. <laughs> I'll choose that. Those are my favorite. Thank you, Justin Berlander, who did he cheat to get, you know, to win this Oreo, dis- I'm sorry, this uh, Pop-Tart discussion? Wow. Because, you know, the Astros ever from, you know. I was not expecting you to say that. You know, I had taken Astros, you know, I'm a big fan <laughs> of the Astros, but, you know. I'm not trying to dig at my, you know, at my second favorite team. But, yeah, they, that would probably be the reason they started this argument. Plus the fact that Justin Berlander is married to model Kate Upton, who was 10 years his junior. And this is the same Justin Upton who forced his 27-year-old wife to watch his opening day no hitter just to torture her so thus like i'm worried about justin berlander and his pop tart opinions okay i i I seem to think that there are a lot of unresolved issues related to the story so we'll probably want to move on and maybe give you an opportunity off off the podcast to work through your feelings about justin berlander and pop tarts yes but before we do yes I do have some helpful facts about Pop-Tarts. Okay. Including the fact that their very existence is due to a screw-up by Kellogg's, um, a Kellogg's competitor. So basically what that is, is way back in the 60s, I want to say it's like 1964, the, the reason why Pop-Tarts exist as well is Kellogg's and they had, and still do, have a rivalry, rival, rivalry. They're rivals. <laughs> it's we've entered that slap happy stage, people. They're competitors with post. They're competitors. I was kidding to that with post. And so post back in the day made an announcement like we have a new product. It's called Country Squares. And of course they said it like that. Country Squares. Uh, look, I was not part of the marketing department. I don't know why they thought that was a cool thing to name them. It was Clear- cute. Clearly that's not wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the thing was, they announced it several months before it went to the market. Okay. So as they were still developing this shelf-stable pastry product that you can cook in your toaster, Kellogg's heard about that and go, hmm, perhaps we could make one first. <laughs> and so they did. And so as a result, Pop-Tarts are a thing. The name Pop-Tarts, just as a heads up, because they didn't want to you know, repeat Country Squares as a name, they actually got the name from Andy Warhol. So Andy Warhol's, you know, famous pop art movement, Mm -hmm. Pop-Tarts is actually um, something that was based on that as well. Okay. So did Post ever come out with Country Squares? They eventually have their own version of Pop-Tarts. I don't think they're called Country Squares anymore. I've had the post. I think they're called 
Um, Toastums? Toastums? Toastums. Okay. Look, they're not big on names, okay? It's virtually the same product, though. I see what Post <laughs> lost. That's probably why they went to, what was it? Was Post one of maybe Sugar Smacks or something? I think so. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And it used to be Golden. No, it was Sugar Smacks. And then people realized, okay, maybe I shouldn't feed my kids this. And they're like, <laughs> we know, we'll change the name. They're Golden Chris, but it's the same thing. <laughs> cool. Now, one thing I've always wondered, and there's actually someone who wrote about this, is why is it that Pop-Tarts comes in pairs? So when you get like a thing of Pop-Tarts, like in a box of eight, like we talked about earlier, each package has two. And I had those two. (laughs) Yes, you just ate one package and you were done. Yes. Well, in the book, Better Than Homemade, Amazing Foods That Change the Way We Eat, Author Carolyn Wyman actually solved this mystery. So if the serving size for Pop-Tart is just one pastry, why are you forced to take two of them? Why are they packaged in pairs? Bill Post revealed that the decision to do this had more to do with economic than portion control. The machines needed to wrap Pop-Tarts in foil weren't cheap. And when the pastries were proven to be, um, they weren't sure they're going to sell it, basically. Kellogg's didn't want to make any unnecessary investments. By doubling down on how many Pop-Tarts was in each package, they could cut their machinery budget in half. By the time that Pop-Tarts were hit, people were just used to the double packages, and so they never changed it. Hmm. This is some weird, wild stuff. I, I like that. That's a good <laughs> idea. This is also why you see Twinkies and uh, most of the hostess cakes in twos so they could save you know wrapping space you know i never really thought about that but i've actually seen single wrapped twinkies before really yeah i've seen those oh in the individual like munch packets sometimes yes why are you talking like that i don't know i'm having a bad johnny carson like (laughs) rethinking a lot of our listeners don't know who johnny carson is damn am i old Yes, that was a bad Johnny Carson impersonation, but yes. <laughs> On top of, uh, yes. Okay, oh. so they can't, they come in twos. Yes. Okay. Also, and you probably didn't recognize this because you are not a Pop-Tart aficionado like I am, but... Post, I'm sorry, I'm a what? You're not a Pop-Tart aficionado like I am. <laughs> You're a Pop-Tart snob. Look. I've eaten a lot of Pop-Tarts, okay? I was a latchkey kid <laughs> growing up. Pop-Tarts fed me a long time, okay? Okay. Well, the holes in Pop-Tarts, because you may not have noticed when you ate those two, that there were actually holes in them. And that is actually for a specific reason. Those holes are known as docker holes, and they're a crucial part of every Pop-Tart's makeup. According to Adweek, without the holes... Steam would collect in the pastry, resulting in a soggy Pop-Tart. Hmm. I did not know that. Also, although frosted Pop-Tarts are by far the more popular form of Pop-Tarts, when they were first created years and years ago, back in 1964, the first prototype of the frosted Pop-Tarts were the result of sending regular Pop-Tarts to a machine that was used to ice cookies. 
So when he was all excited, like, dude, I invented frosted Pop-Tarts, okay? <laughs> but their boss was concerned that the frosting wouldn't withstand the toaster's heat without melting. And they actually almost nixed the idea of doing the frosted Pop-Tart, which by far, like I said, they're just like a gazillion forms of like frosted Pop-Tarts. It's really hard to find the unfrosted ones, at least here. Okay. So it's interesting that those were almost not invented or released. So once again, are you a frosted or an unfrosted Pop-Tart oh, type? I'm definitely an unfrosted. I mean, don't get me wrong. I eat the frosted kind, but they're almost too sweet. And the unfrosted, it just tastes more like a a regular pastry for me. And so I just happen to really love the unfrosted ones. But here's a weird thing. Believe it or not, the unfrosted Pop-Tarts have more calories than the frosted ones. How is that possible? I have no idea. <laughs> but they're actually an Earth and recently in 20... 10, someone was doing like a study of like a comparison health wise. And the, un the frosted strawberry pop tarts actually has 200 calories. Why the unfrosted pop tarts have 10 extra. So they have 210 calories. That whole 10 calories. Yes. Oh, okay. So <laughs> they actually, there was a lot of people who were curious as to why the hell that was. And so the website Quartz actually was able to, to solve the reason why there's the extra 10 calories. The crust on unfrosted Pop-Tarts, believe it or not, is actually a, just a little bit thicker than their frosted cousins. And so as a result, that extra thickness added 10 calories to everyone. Hmm. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> you can read. I'm so proud of you, but yeah, that actually, okay, that makes sense. You are just really crunchy tonight. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> About Pop-Tarts. <laughs> well, in conclusion, then, you'll probably love this last story, which has brought a lot of frustration to you because you don't understand why it exists. But Snoop Dogg is rolling out and promoting a new product that you might have seen on Instagram if you've been on the gram lately. Okay. And it is pig out pork rinds, which are available in original nacho cheese, Texas barbecue, and hella hot flavor. The thing about the pigless pork rinds um, is it's a vegan pork rind. So mm -hmm. pig out pork rinds have no pork. No pork. No pork. Then why are they pork rinds? <laughs> It's actually started by a company um, called Outstanding Foods, and they are partnering with Snoop Dogg in order to, for the rollout. Um, Outstanding Foods was actually created by a former chef at Beyond Beef, or Beyond Meat, which we've talked about before. The the same um, company that makes like the Beyond the stuff that makes a Beyond Burger and you know the Beyond sliders at. White Castle, if you guys see his face <laughs> right now, it's like one of confusion and disgust. And <laughs> You know, like when we were talking about Pop-Tarts, like I had a little smile on my face. I was talking. I was like really into this. And then we got to this subject and all of a sudden 
<clears throat> so why why do they call it pork policy? Well, why do they call impossible beef and beyond beef beef? Technically there's no beef in it. So why do they call it pork policy? <laughs> Because you can try what you want, but if it doesn't have pork in it, or it's not, you know, a composite of some portion of, if it don't, if it didn't squeal before it showed up, <laughs> then it wasn't a pork rind. <laughs> it's a rind of some cranky composite. Was this mother? Was this? Was he high when he was pushing this? <laughs> you know, it could be, but he's not the only celebrity that's behind it. So they also recently um, raised about $1.5 million in order to roll this product out. Good for them. And investments were made not only by what I'm assuming is Snoop Dogg, who has been a very vocal vocal spokesperson, but also Nickelodeon star Daniela Monet and um, another name that we know, um, Emily Deschanel. So far, I... None of this is impressing me. <laughs> so you're not impressed that Uncle Snoop wants you to eat forkless pork rinds? No, no, no. Sorry. Snoop is, uh, you know, Uncle Snoop is, is you know, pretty tight. Got some, has some nice rhymes, you know. Dude's been rapping in for a long time. I give him a lot of credit and, you know, he did his thing with Martha Stewart and I even like the fact that, yeah, if he's on the, uh, you know, on the vegan tip, you know, because that's, that's him. That's great. No, I'm of the opinion that, you know, I know that there are rappers who in their raps, like, you know, Ice Cube talking about, like, you know, things without swine didn't pop off, no pork or anything like that. Um, cooked a breakfast with no hog. That's great. But I'm of the opinion of, I don't know why this perplexes me. I'm, <laughs> I'm maybe I'm verklempt at this moment because I'm of the opinion that if you want to have some kind of product like this, that's crunchy and grind like, that's great and all. But this is you dealing with pork rinds, which is killing me because I'm not even a pork rind type dude. So it's the name pork in it, because it's actually not made from pork. It's actually made from mushrooms. It's made from horse shit. It's made from mushrooms. Do not say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm stepping with, let, let me, sorry, I want to, like, fall off my pedestal here or get off my soapbox. But at the same time, no, nah, just go ahead and say that there rhymes with, what did you say, mushrooms? Yes. Mushroom so, rind doesn't sound as appealing, I guess. Call mushroom to some. I don't care. <laughs> don't per- if I walk up in the place and I say, "Oh, I want some," you know, I want some pork rind, and somebody hands me pig out pork rinds, and they don't have pork rind like material in it, <laughs> then I'm throwing it back at them, and then I'm gonna come after Uncle Snoop and say, "Listen, one of you owes me some money." What if, okay, I mean, would you try them if you did know what they were, though? No. I would actually try them. I mean, they sound Yes, you would. <laughs> they sound pretty interesting. Um, here's no, they the don't. Thing. Here's the thing, though. Okay. 
Um, even though I happen to love pork rinds, I really do. Although I try not to eat them because they are very salty. True. This might yeah. be a good a good alternative because the chips pertain seventy three percent less saturated fat and sixty three or I'm sorry, sixty nine percent less sodium than traditional pork bacon. It does not contain cholesterol because it's made without animal products. So maybe it's not even that you're vegan, but you want to enjoy the taste of pork rinds. Because I admit, I really like pork rinds. I'm kind of missing them right now. <laughs> so I will almost try to see if they would be a suitable alternative. And no, nothing beats, in my opinion, biting into that, you know, salty goodness of knowing that you're eating the rind of the pork. I mean, when you hit that, like, particularly crunchy spot, that's a good thing. So I imagine they won't be able to recreate that experience. No kidding. But if it's something that's slightly healthier, as opposed to, like, I think we talked about it previously on the show where they had, um, and I think it's like the impossible sausage that they rolled out at the Consumer Electronics Show, which sounds incredible until you find out that it's more fat and more um, salt than regular sausage. But okay. in this case, it looks like it would be a suitable trade-off. So no, I would no, be willing to no. try it just for that alone. No, no. And you're not sold. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just like when we were discussing, you know, certain meats that are not meats, you know, from said animals. I I start off with, don't mislead me, but to, you know, I'm not, once again, trying to dissuade other people. If you have a restrictive vegan diet, yeah, go ahead, try it. You know, enjoy it very much so. I just want to join you. And I feel bad for saying this because, once again, I'm not a big pork rind eater. But you love bacon. Yes, I love bacon. I love bacon. I love pork belly. I love Canadian bacon. That's I'm down. We had bacon. Oh, not bacon. We had pork tacos tonight, as a matter of fact. Yes. I admit I enjoy swine. You know, if they cut me open right now, I'm sure they can cut a slice of bacon off my the backside of my booty. <laughs> that is just a terrible thought right now. No, not that I'm asking. But <laughs> at the same time, yes, if you don't want to have within your diet um, pork, that's on you. That's that's fine. I You know, I like beef and poultry and, you know, to a smaller amount, seafood. But yes, generally I like to believe there's meat in my life. But if you want to try this, be my guest. I just won't be joining you. And don't mislead me with your pork, what was it, pig out, pigless pork rinds? Well, I think the word pigless implies that there is no pork. <laughs> so maybe the thing is we need to come up with another way to name it pork. You know, that's another name for pig out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, just so you know, they do retail for anyone who wants to try them. They retail for about three ninety nine for a three point five ounce bag, and it you can get it at places like Whole Foods, Kroger, Sprouts, no Regums, Fairway, and Plum Market. Um, and ten percent of sales that if you go to Snoop's special pig out site, which is piglessrinds dot com actually goes to his charity, Snoop Special Stars. So the nonprofit organization provides inner-city kids 
with the opportunity to participate in youth football and cheerleading activities. Okay, yeah, I congratulate Snoop for, you know, donating some of this to his charity. Why don't I just give Snoop, you know, the $4? <laughs> you could just give him the money and not have the thing, okay? Yeah, I'm willing to give him, you know, a <laughs> little bit of change, you know, and keep moving. You know, I will give Snoop $4 or some donation and then go buy me a thing of Doritos. Or go find some maybe less salty pork rinds that are actually pork rinds. But yeah, no, don't really don't plan it. Well, on that note, why Vic Daddy kind of mourns the loss of pork in his pork rinds, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and then we're going to come back with we normally in every podcast with the best thing we ate this week. Mm-hmm. Um, this podcast, though, it's a little different because a lot of the favorite restaurants and places that we like to go to um, is now closed or maybe have been shuttered or go to a strictly deliver experience because of the coronavirus. So we wanted to give you a couple of heads up on ways that you can actually support your favorite restaurant during this um this crisis that's affecting all of us to ensure that they stay in business to support the many employees who may depend on tips and things like that and just special places and events that are already taking place um, benefiting both not only the restaurants but those on the front line of the virus um, pandemic so you're listening to the gourmet goober and we will be right back Hey guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Lorano. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at Amazon.com. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. Hey everyone, we're back. I'm JJ Outlaw. And I'm T. Outlaw. And you are listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. Now, this is the part of the podcast that we normally wrap things up by talking about the best thing we ate this week. That's where we show normally a little love to the restaurants that we really adore and think you should try. These could include everywhere from major franchises to local favorites, not just in the Chicagoland area where we reside, but, you know, nationwide. Um, But it can also include some underground um, classics, like, for example, if you're ever in Indianapolis, Definitely Long's Donuts. Um, that said, we wanted to do something a little different with this 
um, podcast because unfortunately the effect of the coronavirus has had a dramatic effect on the restaurant industry. Um, as many restaurants have shuttered their dining in choices, and that's just for everyone's benefit to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. Um, as a result, it's really made an impact on the people that make our food every day, be it their cooks, be it their wait staff, and they depend on tips. The sad reality is um, many of those individuals have lost jobs that in many cases, if the restaurant completely closes, doesn't, won't come back. And you add that with a lot of the people that are at the front line of what's going on, people like doctors, people like nurses, those really amazing nursing assistants in places like hospitals and nursing homes, um, that unfortunately many of them work without any health insurance or even access to like, you know, sick leave if they do get infected with the virus or even um, having access to protective gear. So we thought it would be a really cool idea to close out this um, segment discussing not only ways that we can help prop up the restaurant industry, but show a little love to those who are not only at the front line of what's going on and working hard to keep us all safe as we kind of wait out the storm, but we also wanted to also give a heads up to those who may already be experiencing food insecurity and so now or maybe at a dangerous place because what's going on. So we'll just start with the people at the front line um, of what's going on and then we'll work our way to how to support the restaurant industry and some really cool things that we found out that you could do. Um, First of all, if you are near your computer, your mobile device, or things like that, Google something that's called Feed the Fight. And it's in a lot of major cities. I've seen them in Dallas. I've seen um, references to it in Atlanta. And what it is, is a great opportunity that you can actually donate to these organizations. And a lot of times, major people have already taken the lead. Like in Dallas, I read that um, Mark Cuban and Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavs are doing it. They're also doing um, sponsoring feed this fight um, through the Atlanta Hawks or Organist Foundation. Um, but basically what they do, it's twofold. So they have donated food and they're working through restaurants to supply food to those who are working at the hospitals, the nursing homes, all of these different places to make sure as they're working around the clock, many times double ship without any breaks, that they do have food and some nourishment while they're doing that. Um, so if you wanted to see it's in your area, look it up. Again, it's called Feed the Fight, and it's another great way to kind of support them. Also, in many cases, Feed the Fight um, in cities, like for example, in Dallas, not only are they supplying funding for the direct response individuals who are working on this particular issue, but they're also donating food to food pantries as well. So again, during this time, if you're sheltered in place, if you're already experiencing food insecurity, it's just going to be worse now because you can't go out in many places that are have food deserts in order to get food. Um, so they're expanding the resources that are available, um, which I think is really amazing. 
Um, also in cities like New York in particular, there's another organization that you can go through called Slice. Was it Slice the Hunger, I believe? Yes, yeah, Slice Out Hunger. And this is actually pretty cool. So what it is, is there are pizzerias that are banding together. You can actually buy a pizza and have it delivered to a local um, hospital or, you know, health facility in the area, again, to help support these people that are doing the Lord's work in protecting us. Um, so that's something that you can definitely look to. You can actually support and make donations. And again, you can find out that information if you go out to sliceouthunger.org. Now, if you yourself are experiencing food insecurity, um, outside the food pantries, there are many local restaurants and you can Google, like, for example, Burger King that are now offering free kids meals um, while school is out. Because as we know, for many kids, especially kids may only get one meal a day from their local school. And it's not just a major franchises. So there is actually this really cool um place that I've been dying to try actually before this all went down. Um, it's in Valparaiso, Indiana. It's called Louis, Louis Wings. And they're just kind of like this underground wings joint that's in Valpo. And they're doing the same thing. So they're offering free meals to kids daily, every day that they're open so that you can be able to feed your families while you're at this is going on. So check out local places like that, because a lot of times, especially in your in the area, um, that's a really big thing. Now, moving on to restaurants, um, there's several different ways that you can support your faves. Um, one thing, and Big Daddy and I, we were talking about this, hmm. <laughs> places like Fogo de Chao. Yes. That... Um, for a lot of these big restaurants, these steakhouses, obviously their main form of giving food is dining in. So what they're doing is so really brilliant. And we were actually talking about, because unfortunately the nearest Fogo de Chao is over the state border. <laughs> and we were talking, is it worth getting arrested for the Fogo de Chao and getting the Rona? <laughs> But you can actually um, order the steaks directly from them now. So a lot of the exclusive cuts, like the pecana that I love and I've talked about in the show many, many times, you can actually go and get it ordered ahead of time. They'll package it up for you and you can prepare it at home. And in many cases, they'll even tell you how to prepare it, Okay, which is really awesome. Although it was hilarious because didn't you... Offer me your press pass so that I can go across the border and get it. Yes. <laughs> I also made a shout out on social media to anyone who was willing to uh, pick it up and bring it back to us. <laughs> but no one took me up on it. So, Well, no one wanted to get arrested either. They don't want to run in file of Lori Lightfoot. She might be a little pissed. I was willing to make it worth their while. <laughs> Seriously, we were at our kitchen our dining room table working on our perspective deadlines i saw that and i was like hmm i could totally like sneak on this meeting that i'm about to have with the board 
and drive across the border and get us some piccana steaks. <laughs> well, whatever meeting you were having over, over the thing, you could have done it in the car. Picked it up, been back. No one would have known the better. Yeah, but then what if, because remember they, they were going to enforce our stay in shelter place here? That would have been embarrassing. Why did you get arrested? Well, they were steaks at Poco de Chao. <laughs> You offer them a cut off the top, <laughs> they will accept it. I think they're willing to negotiate as long as you do it safely. Well, if you live in a community that you don't have to run afoul of Mir- Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> or others. Or others. Are you willing to risk the Rona for stakes? <laughs> Don't risk the Rona. That's our public service announcement. Yes, do not risk the Rona. But again, look to local steakhouse. Fogo de Chao is not the only one that's doing it. For example, Texas Roadhouse and actually Longhorn Steakhouse are doing it as well. So if you miss your favorite steakhouse, call them up. Maybe they'll be able to prepare, you know, a meat package and let you know how to prepare it at home. Or they could just come pick it up. <laughs> and they'll be willing to, like, you know, help you out. Now, if you are looking specifically for um, local restaurants, particularly Black-owned businesses that unfortunately have been exceptionally hard hit by um, what's going on, because in many times they're located in places that it's difficult to get delivery, like where we talked about earlier, things like that. There is this really cool app that I found out from our friends at So Foodie. Shout okay. out to our collaborators. But it's called Eat Okra. Um, you can actually go to eatokra.com. It's an app that you can get on your phone. It works on both iOS, so you can get it on your Apple as well as Android. And the cool thing is it'll actually give you listings of local businesses that offer carryout and delivery, local black businesses. So, again, it's a wonderful opportunity to make sure that Maybe you'll try something new. Maybe you can support um, businesses in areas that are often ignored or forgotten. And again, um, for many of these businesses, um, you could make all the difference in helping keeping them open. So definitely recommend that. We did check it out. Now, I do want to let people know it's not available in every city. So they do have, again, if you live in a major city like New York, um, you know, Atlanta, obviously, Chicago, especially, they do have a lot of them. They're not in our neck of the woods just yet. Um, but again, it's check it out because it may definitely be worth your while. Do you have to do these restaurants have to serve okra to be on this? <laughs> I always wonder. Big Daddy hates okra, except when it's in my gumbo. Don't don't start the gumbo thing. <laughs> Let's not go down that path. But no, they don't also work. It's just the name of the app. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of really cool things that are offered in larger cities, um, Chicago celebrity chef Rick Bayless, he is the person that runs Frontera Grill. And I know that there's other chefs in different areas as well that is doing this. But what he is offering, if you happen to be a laid out restaurant worker in the city of Chicago, he is actually actively hiring these people. 
Um, he is bringing together an operation paying laid off workers to make 30 pound boxes of food, which includes produce, bread and meat. The boxes themselves will be available for pickups for restaurants all throughout the city of Chicago. And they're looking to make uh, over 800 boxes per week. So they're looking to hire a lot of different um, food workers as well. But the really great thing is he wants to really reach out and get as many people as possible, over a thousand if possible, because as he said, for many of these workers, again, who rely on tips and things like that, they've lost their livelihood. They may not be available, um, eligible for unemployment. And so this is a great way to kind of stay employed while we're going through this. So basically he's making more people show up and produce guacamole. Okay. Well, hopefully the guacamole is one of many things. He does make a lot of other good food. Although I have to say his guacamole is killer. I, I can't really be around his guacamole mix. I've been known to eat the whole thing myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. No judgments. And besides, you don't like guacamole. <laughs> no, I don't like guacamole. But, you know, Rick Bayless is he's basically brought in an army and I think with help, you know, it's definitely helping out people, but, you know, he needs an army to produce all that guac and other great Frontera grill uh, dishes. Yes. So I would definitely recommend checking out to see if there are similar um, things going on in your city, um, because part of his efforts are actually being funded by an organization called U.S. Foods which is a major food distributor with sites all throughout the nation. So there may be an opportunity, particularly if you have been displaced by a closure of your own restaurant to take part in this, do some really great good, and then finally be able to help support yourself while we're waiting for, you know, whatever to happen. Um, One last thing I do wanted to point out is Say, for instance, if you're not in a major area, but you still want to support the restaurant industry and making sure that your own local restaurants stay open. Um, One other thing I would recommend is contacting the restaurant themselves. Um, Oftentimes you can do things like buy a gift certificate and and hopes that when all of this is over, you can give them some money now. Plus, you can guarantee um, that you'll come back from a future visit. Um, you can contact them to find out what their preferred delivery or pickup um, order is. And the reason why I said call them directly is that there are a lot of ways that you can actually, um, you know, get takeout like Grubhub and, you know, DoorDash. There's a million of them. But not all of the promotions that they're offering through these delivery companies are really beneficial for the the restaurant. In fact, TheVerge.com actually had this really great story yesterday where it talks about how the Grubhub is promoting a $10 off promotion just to get people to deliver. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. That is not being passed down onto the restaurant owners. Okay. So they're still charging these restaurants full commission. Many of these restaurants that are already struggling because of lack of sales and it puts extra pressure on them. So I recommend in all ways possible, give them a call yourself. Let them know that you're really 
a big fan of theirs, reach out to them, ask what anything that they can do. And in many cases, the restaurant owners can tell you themselves. Okay. So with that in mind, um, here's hoping that everyone stays safe. <laughs> of course, wash your hands, do all the approved requisite work. Wash your legs. <laughs> oh my and god! And lotion them. I hope that you wash your legs. That's a conversation for another day. Yes. <laughs> I'm horrified that people don't do that. You <laughs> get it. But anyway, you've listened to another episode of the Gourmet Goober. Big Daddy, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me Tiala at Tiala on Twitter. <laughs> and on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells, like the movie. Yes. And you can find me at JJ Outlaw on Twitter. You can find us on the Instagram at The Gourmet Goober. And drop us a line. We're at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. So we always look to hear from you. Oh, one more thing before letting everyone go. And I know this segment went a little longer than normal, but we just want to support really good restaurants when we can. If you are hurting for coffee. <laughs> hurting for coffee. Because, you know, making that run, like I was thinking about that the other day, going to the store and like, okay, do I really want to risk the Rona to walk into Walmart to get my favorite coffee? <laughs> if I could recommend a place, um, there's a... Um, really great Britons. I think I may have talked about it on a previous um, podcast as well. It's called Chicago French Press, but it's a subscription-based service. So it's, she ships all over the, the country. She's based here in Chicago. Um, you can get specially ordered coffee, which is great. There's lots of different flavors from maple pecan to chocolate blueberry. And the really cool thing is no matter what type of coffee maker you have from a carrot to a percolator, she has a specially made ground just for that um, coffee um, producing process that you have to make sure that you always get the best cup of coffee. I mean, are they um, like national brands or are they just her proprietary brands? It's her proprietary brands. I had a chance to try it several months ago, but again, she's another great small business that I would definitely love to lift up during this Um issue and the really great thing is like a lot of small businesses that we champion a lot of the money that you donate will actually go to nonprofits who are also hurting during this time of need so it's a great way to get a great cup of coffee and help other people in the process now they're basically all i mean it's, it's, it's mostly what she serves like is it just coffee or is it like coffees teas and like other products well right now it's coffees um okay. but I do know that she's looking to expand what she offers as well. Um, but the really great reason why I really like her brand is that not all grounds of coffee is best for, like, for example, what works best for a French press isn't the same as what works best for a drip or a pour over or a Keurig. And so she's worked really hard to balance it. So no matter what, you still get the same quality of coffee, okay. which I think is really thoughtful because a lot of brands don't do that. No, that's fair. But it's also strong enough for the gourmet goober. Why, yes. 
Because <laughs> as we've talked about on many podcasts, I drink coffee for you. <laughs> for all of you. For all of you. <laughs> because you don't want to see me not caffeinated. There's no giggles when I'm not caffeinated. So <laughs> She Hulk. <laughs> so again, go to chicagofrenchpress.com. Let them know the Gourmet Goober sent you. And again, it's a really great way to get coffee and help a lot of people in the process. Is their coffee stronger than Louis Lightfoot? I think Miss Lightfoot is strong enough. She doesn't need coffee. She just looks at the coffee and it just blends itself. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, Law, you look up those memes. She's a badass. <laughs> so until next time, everyone, please stay safe. And we will catch you on the flip side. And you've listened to another episode of The Gourmet Goober. Until next time, happy eating. Happy eating, strange brew. <laughs>